Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is July 31st, and our reading comes from Romans chapter 14. Now today, I haven't done this before, but I'm going to read the entire New Testament reading. Stay with me, but I think it's a very, very important topic for us in the church today. So I want you to hear all of it. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says this, Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything. But another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. In other words, we're all God's servants and God will judge. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Verse 5, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. And those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us must give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it's wrong, then for the sake of that person, it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it's wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. 
But if you have doubts about whether or not you are you should eat something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you're not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you're sinning. This is such a big issue in our culture today. Let me give you a couple things to think about. First, we're all on a spiritual journey and we're at different places on that journey. When I look back on my own life 23 years ago when I was graduating seminary and how much I've grown and how much I've learned and how much of that has changed, I'm, I'm really amazed. And in the church, you have people who are brand new believers and then you have people that have been walking with God for years and then you have a bunch of people that are all along that journey, right? And so the church has got to be a place that gives people enough grace to allow them to take the journey and grow and mature and change just like I have or just like you have if you're a mature believer. And so Paul is kind of touching on that in this passage. We've got to be careful that we don't expect everybody on day one to live and act and think like a mature believer. You remember, grace, truth, and time. That is so important. Here's another thing I think is so important. We've got to be careful that we don't allow social media to divide us. And I think we all understand social media is designed, engineered to polarize us, to make us angry so that we'll click more and they make more money. We've got to be aware of that because if we're not careful, social media will even divide people in the church over things we should not be divided over. So for example, as we went through all of this situation with COVID, we had people all over America who were Christians, and yet they were divided over whether or not uh, COVID is a conspiracy, whether or not China released it, or it came from bats, or whether we should wear a mask or not wear a mask, or whether the government had something to do with it, or it was an accident, or, I mean, just all of these, I mean, 50 different theories, whether we should be vaccinated or not vaccinated. And the truth is, we've got to give each other the grace and the freedom to pray and to think about that and to decide how we're going to handle that and not expect everybody to agree with us about something that doesn't matter. So important. That would apply to any number of other things. Another one that I'll, that just comes to mind after reading the passage is drinking wine. And he touches on that. I remember years ago when a major denomination said, anybody that works for the denomination, if they drink a glass of wine, they're going to be immediately terminated. And I just thought to myself, you've taken this small little issue that a lot of people disagree about, and it's like you've brought it front and center and made it the issue. You're even willing to terminate people over it, and that's really unwise. So we just have to be careful that we don't allow culture to divide us, to weaken and hurt the testimony of the church. I, I think in the last few years, the church has really hurt its witness by getting caught up on these little issues and, and allowing it to divide us. What's most important is that we love each other. And we'll see that over and over and over again as we're going through the New Testament. Listen, nothing's more powerful than love to heal hearts and transform lives. And let's love each other. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this encouraging word. I, 
I just think it's so important that we not allow culture to get us riled up and to divide us one from another. God, help us to fight for our unity. I'm just reminded that the Bible says that unity is the key to our anointing and blessing in this church. I'm reminded of Jesus when he said that the world will know you're my followers by your love for one another. So God, I pray that we would stand together, that we would love each other, that we would rally around Jesus, not some cultural issue, so that we can love each other well, love our world well, and make a difference. Help us to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope this encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.